before we start the show, just want to say how happy we are to be working with Naira again this year. We kicked off our coverage last weekend, and we've got a lot of stuff going on with daily write-ups from Nick Tamaro, bonus spot plays from Robbie Fazone, all over at InTheMoneyPodcast.com. You can also find us this year for the first time through the Naira.com website. America's Day at the Races this weekend, FS2 on the 11th from 3 to 6.30, and then on Sunday the 12th on from 3 to 6. We've got the schedule on our website, inthemoneypodcast.com slash TV. Also check out the $300 Saturday contest. See if you can be the one to topple the reign of Nick Tamaro. Hello and welcome to the In The Money Players podcast. This is our show for Saturday, March 11th. I'm your host, Peter Thomas Fornital, back with you in the Brooklyn Bunker. Once again, many guests on today's show. We're going to be covering a lot of action, and we're going to dive into it right now with a man who you've seen uh, writing for us over on uh, InTheMoneyPodcast.com and over on the plus side as well. I've been really enjoying talking to him about his trip-oriented approach to playing the races and uh, also uh, sounds like a bit of a fitness nut, which is something uh, after my own heart as well. Welcome to the Airwaves, Justin Christine. What's up, Justin? What's up, Pete? Yeah, um, a little bit of fitness nut, a lot of a lot of a horse racing nut. So the combination of the two balance each other out, the yin and the yang. And uh, <laughs> uh, there's, a, there's a nice marriage of the two somewhere in between. How did your recent marathon work out? I know it's not that recent anymore, but uh, it, it sounded like you did okay out there. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I did great. Um, I finished in three hours and 51 minutes on a blustery cold day in Philadelphia. And uh, I have two subsequent uh, low back issue problems to, to, uh, to, to deal with as a result of that. But you know what? It's all, it's all worth it in the long run. It's uh, an experience that, you, uh, that I wouldn't trade for anything. It makes you sympathetic to these horses. I'll tell you that much. Uh, the, 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 the little aches and pains that come up. Um, let's start off with the Triple Crown prep race this weekend. The Tampa Bay Derby. Bunch of horses coming back from the Sam Davis. But it's a horse who is uh, making the stakes debut, I think, is going to be capturing most of the wagering attention. Despite Nick Tamaro and my uh, best efforts to use the dam's names pronunciation in the name, we've been shot down seven ways to Sunday. It's Tapatrice who I'm talking about, not Tapatrice. Uh, very curious. Are you with or against Tapatrice in this spot, Justin? I'm slightly against. I'll make a, a small case against him um, after I make uh, after I build a case for classic legacy, the three. Um we know Mott is great pointing at a target. Um, I'm sure that he didn't have this horse cranked uh, first time out as a three-year-old. Um, taking a look at his trip, he was into a little bit of traffic on the first turn, and it seemed to me that he didn't really love the kickback uh, because Alvarado tried to get him out as wide as possible. He was four wide on the first turn at least, and then he made a nice move entering the far turn. He was at least four wide on the second turn also. Um Looking at his pedigree, you know, the dam, uh, first of all, he's a half dark collector. Yep. His dam was second in the flower bowl. She was beaten only a length in the 2011 Philly Mare Turf. Um, 
her half, the half sister, she's a half sister to Vision and Verse, who was uh, second in the Belmont, I, I think to Lemon Drop Kid, maybe. So there's a lot of stamina pedigree here. And I think this horse is just getting good at a mile and a 16th second off the layoff, not knowing that they need some some points moving forward. I think this horse is primed for a big race. And I think you're going to get the pace to run at. Now, um, Pletcher's horse, the six. He's, you know, in the pace, the pace numbers that I look at, both time form and uh, equine edge, he's going to be last or second last early. And I think he's going to get the pace to run at, but he's going to have to navigate a trip from back there in this large field. Um, Obviously, he's the most likely winner, but at a price of eight to eight to five or six to five or even money. I think this is a decent shot to take a decent chance to take a shot against this horse. And, um, you know, I I wouldn't be surprised if he wins, but there are enough reasons for me to, to, to play the three at a good price of hopefully six to one. Um, I'm looking at this horse as a possible, uh, derby contender if he runs well here. And, uh, you know, I, I, in Mott, we trust when it comes to pointing (laughs) a horse. I get it. I get it. I, 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 there's too much with Tapatrice, you know, based on that figure, based on the visual impression and on the Holy Bull undercard. I, that race to me was fast enough to have won the Holy Bull or a number of these preps. And I think the being far back isn't necessarily going to be a bad thing with all this speed on the outside. I think he's the fastest horse and the pace should suit. You do make some good points about classic legacy. And I will say, I thought he probably showed the most ability in the Davis coming from farthest back. And I thought you could make the argument too, that he moved early into the fastest part of that race. I don't hate the idea of having some threes in my mix and the other sort of goofier long shot for me to mess around with more for underneath, but the one Lord miles who looked like a contender in the Holy bull on paper found little, but now the blinkers come back off that run two back was encouraging enough that I could see him getting the right kind of mid pack closing trip to maybe at least run third or fourth and juice up your verticals in this spot. But horizontally for me, mostly about the six, based on my own notes and your observations about the three, I'm going to work that number in there in some capacity as well. Justin, you ready to move out to uh, California and keep talking about this race, these races? Let's, Let's do it. All right, excellent. So we move from Tampa Bay out to Santa Anita, one of the places where I know uh, Justin does uh, the most the most work. And we start off with more stakes action in the San Marcos. Who did you come up with in here? Uh, yep. For me, Forbidden Kingdom is a, is a, a lone A. Um, yep. He is a stone cold A. Um, be, you know, it, simply because of the fact that I think he's going to be out front. And I, I don't think Spirit of McKenna, the three, at least on pace figures, is fast enough to keep up with him early. He's he's significantly faster at the first and second call if you're looking at pace figures. And, you know, you can make excuses for, you know, the de- December 26th, that Malibu. I think this horse ran deceptively well. Um, Great. Th- the third, fourth, and fifth place finishers were sixth, ninth, and seventh early. And and he had Taba breathing down his neck. Yeah. Um, you know, no shame in that game. And, you know, and then on the, the first race of um, – of the, of the most recent form cycle on October 1st, that was a wicked pace. And, and he had a horse breathing down his neck the whole time. 
can't blame him for throwing in the towel there. And so, you know, I think he's just the fastest horse. I think he is, you know, making his four-year-old debut. He has a right to move forward again. And I just don't see anybody that's going to run him down, Pete. Totally agree. I, he's my lone A as well. I think he'll blitz them. I think Spirit of McKenna is going to suffer and not be able to keep up. I will say I put in, if, if I can configure the tickets right, if Forbidden Kingdom loses, I think we know why, because he's a head case and he goes too fast early and can't see it out. In that case, I would imagine Spirit of McKenna will be well-cooked at that point, and it would be a get-her-number or a how-be-it who'd come running. But I'm going to be playing more than half my money on Forbidden Kingdom. Any backups for you, or are you stone-cold in here? No, I'm stone-cold. I-, I would try to maybe get – if you know, if I had, was forced to play the exact, I would maybe try to get the four – into the exact he, he you know he closed into a, a really slow pace on the 19th it's just that race was so slow i don't love get your number uh flying cross country in a you know in a rough race that like like uh, he was in and then flying back and, and try to turn back from that distance to a sprint distance of seven furlongs um yeah bottom line i don't love i don't love anybody i'm gonna be stone cold to uh to forbidden kingdom pete I like it. Race six, we've got these three-year-old maidens going a mile and a 16th on the dirt. I was wildly uncreative, so I'll just go first. I was very impressed by uh, what we've seen in terms of body of work from, from Yellow Brick in terms of you know putting up final figures that look to make him very competitive in here and thinking he might have an advantage on the front end. I don't get it as a horse who I did think had a legitimately tricky trip the last day and with a clean set of going, I think could be involved, but I was having trouble seeing beyond these top two. I didn't love the, the Baffert runner castle Island, though that horse didn't exactly have an easy time of things, but just wasn't one that I was too attracted to. I was just going to try to get through and lock it up three and six. Is it that simple? Or do you have something a little more clever for us here? No, we are simpatico. I, I thought the three for all the points that you made and um, the fact that in, in his most recent, he had a pretty tough trip. He, you know, he, he broke on top and then he let the long shot uh, come over in front of him. He engaged that horse um, to the outside. And then a third horse came up to make that a three horse duel. And he was in the middle of that three horse duel for about a half mile. He put those two away, but, but couldn't hold off Skinner. Uh, And so, you know, that, that was a, that was a tough trip. And, And if he gets an easier trip, I think he's, solely the one to beat and then for all the same reasons that you mentioned i don't get it we don't really know how good he is yet he had a bad trip in his first race he lost the length at after an eighth mile in he dropped to the rail rushed into contention didn't have a shot and then his second lifetime start they stretched him out and he had no chance after that terrible stumble at the break so we don't know what kind of horse he is and and i'm i'm three six a's and then I will try to make a small case for the one Excel calculator as a B. The blinkers going on. Um, if they heat it up early, if if you know Yellow Brick and Castle Island gets in the mix, and even if the Peter Miller horse, the two, tries to get positioned on the rail going forward early, it I, I can I can make a conjure up a scenario where they heat it up early, and I want the one if they heat it up early yeah. because the blinkers are going on. Uh, Papa Padromo has an average win payoff of $18.70. He knows how to, to get horses that are under the radar home. And, and I think that um, I, I think there's there's a scenario where, where he can pick, pick them all up late. So I want to have him on a backup. It's a compelling case. Let's move on to race number seven. 
where we've got these three-year-old maiden claimers on the turf going a mile and an eighth. Not a race that I have much in the way of uh, conviction in. I do have a couple of long shots I'll mention, but I'm gonna I'm gonna punish you. No good deed goes unpunished. You come on the show. I'm gonna give you this tricky affair to go first in. Yeah, well, the first time I looked over this, the first two times I looked over this, I felt the same. The more I dug in, the more I really liked the four Shadow Creek. Um, so building a case for Shadow Creek, two back. He was, so against Maiden Special Foes, he was blocked at the quarter pole. He had a brief opening at the top of the stretch, and then he had no room at the eighth pole. He steadied. Um, he dropped. He Sorry, that was three back. Sorry, he steadied. He dropped back. He had no chance. And then that race, two back on the 30th. He was three wide on the first turn, raced uncovered, and he actually finished well. He wins that race. I'm pretty confident that he runs that race. I'm pretty confident he wins um this affair and then you know he did also have traffic in his most recent so i i think that with detori getting aboard rider upgrade plus the blinkers i think that equals him getting into the race earlier detori is is typically aggressive yep and um i, I think that he is the he's the best finisher so i think he can get in front of a couple of these other finishers and i, I think i think he is He'll be my lone A in this in this race. Now I'll spread with a couple Bs. I think there's a case to be made that the one bluegrass rider could get the lead from the rail. Uh, I want him as a backup. Uh, I also have to use the seven Russell's hustle uh, uh, as a B. Pratt's getting on. Um, I, I think there. You know, if if he runs his last race where he didn't have a clean run, he was a little messy in that race. I think. Um, he can win. And then the 11 is listed at eight to one morning line. I, I, I doubt that he will be eight to one at post, um, but he's got more speed than, than he's shown. He's actually a half to gear jockey, which gives him a right to, you know, to, to be an okay horse. Um, and so, you know, I think there's a, there's a scenario where, where he can, he can win. If he can work out a trip from the 11 hole, um, which isn't a terrible post going a mile and an eighth because they got the whole stretch into the first turn. So I'm a, I'm a four as an A, and then I have the one seven eleven as backup Bs. We have some overlap for sure. The one horse I want to take a shot with you you didn't mention was number eight, first time in for a tag, Fast Chad. I was just curious about this horse. You know, did not do really much running until like the very end of the race last time against better. I like the fact that they tried him at the mile and eight. This just looks like a horse to me that could maybe have a little bit more in the locker against this weaker competition. Morning line odds of six to one don't thrill me, but this horse I think can finish a little bit and could be well suited by this test. I had keen to go the 11 runner in there. You already made that case pretty well. This is a horse who's been running just against much better. And I think this is the chance uh, that, that we're going to see more. And again, not unlike, um, not unlike uh, fast Chad. I like it when they show that little bit of interest late, at least they're passing horses. They're still running, going the mile on an eighth late. I think that means you could see better. Uh, love your, your case for shadow Creek was much more passionate than mine. I had listed as a, as a B as a runner who looked like he had some scope for, for improvement, but I love the way you broke down 
those trips. And then this is the kind of race where in my first blush through, I said, if you can get to a sea line, I wouldn't hate the idea of throwing in as many as you can afford. But at the very least, I'm going to take the one and the seven who you put those uh, good pushes on there. And hopefully we can get out of here seventh race and stay alive into grade one action in the beholder mile with these Phillies four and up going a mile on the dirt. This is another one where I'll uh, go first again, as I feel like I'm pretty master of the obvious going with fun to dream. Who's in such good form has several of these on the form book. I like the fact that she's done it without necessarily having the flow of the race. I love the fact that the other race beyond a mile was an impressive win. I don't think she's just a, uh, a seven furlong horse. This is, I think this is pretty clearly within her grasp. Barn, obviously, going great guns at the moment. And then I think if things, uh, if things happen to go wrong, I think it might end up landing in the lap of the seven runner, Desert Dawn, who, you know, you've seen her body of work. I think she's better coming from a little bit further back than she was in the position to do the last day in the Tory Pines. And I feel like that last work just signals readiness for her, that 5 and 58. Um, I haven't seen the clocker report yet, but just reading it off the tab. So I had the 8 as an A, the 7 as a B. Very curious to get your thoughts on who wins the big one. Yeah, I'll say on the 7, Desert Dawn, I'm not a workout expert, but I do try to watch a lot of workouts. And on XBTV, I caught uh, one or two of her works, and they're really good. She looked really good working. So um, I'm going to use her as as a B, but let me talk about my A's. I'm with you, uh, obviously, on uh, the eight horse, Fun to Dream. Fun to dream. No reason why this horse shouldn't, uh, yeah, shouldn't love two turns um, for, for all the reasons that you stated and, and the obvious pedigree there. I, looking through this race a second and third time, I'm trying to make a case for uh, the three. Awake, Awake at midnight. At midnight. I, I, yeah, I don't. You know, at first blush, I just wrote her off as a, a, a one-turn horse. But the more I dig in, I think a mile should be okay. And, you know, if you look at the races where she hasn't run well, they're all outside of California. Fairgrounds, Keeneland, Churchill, and then this, the end of last year at Keeneland. Other than that, you know, she is consistent as anything. And so I think if if this race heats up a little bit, or, or I think she can even sit in a pressing uh, situation. I, you know, I think the mile might be good for her and I, I can see her, I can see her being able to pass these late. Now, I think, you know, that if the eight fun to dream runs her race, she wins. I'm a little concerned about that post going a mile only because it seems like she's going to need to be in a pressing position. And there are a lot of horses that have the same style, which makes me worry a little bit about her being hung wide. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's the reason why I didn't make her a lone A. And I will say that um, Pauline's Pearl, I think the two is, I think is, has, is the class of the race. I'm going to use her as a B. And then I think I'm, I'm also going to use the four Midnight Memories only because I think she'll be, she'll be sitting second. I think she'll get first run on him. I think she'll be sitting right off Ganadora and um, she might prove tough to run down. Um, the one note on a Mo ready, a Mo Ray, the, um, the Cox horse coming in from Oaklawn. Um, I had two knocks against that horse. I thought that was a very good trip. And, you know, this horse is running without Lasix and it, and it seems like, although, although she hasn't run poorly on Lasix 
to me, her best races have clearly come with Lasix on, and now yeah. she needs to take Lasix off. Um, that's my case against the five. So, Pete, I'm I'm three, eight on the A line and two four on the B line, and then I will also throw in your Desert Dawn the seven as a B because of the way she's working. Okay, I like the sound of it. Definitely uh, spreadier than I am there, but it's a it's a tricky race and it's a tricky pace scenario exactly with two horses that look like they're going to be out there from the same barn. Like I, I get the idea that that always makes me wonder, like, you know, I figure that plays out differently than if they're from different barns. So I, I definitely get uh, y- your idea, especially the more I look at it, there's, there really is a case for midnight memories to really get the run of the race here, but I'm going to try, I'm going to stick to my guns for with, with eight, seven, you've got a three, eight on the A line, two, four, seven on the B line. We've got one yeah. more race to talk about. It's the nightcap. An allowance, fillies and mares, four and up, going a mile and an eighth on the turf once again. How are we going to take home this late pick five at Santa Anita on Saturday? All right, well, I'm going to make a case on the A-line for for two nice prices. Let's start with the four, Pop Pop's Dream. Um, So the case to be made for this horse is that 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 race on April 30th, um, she had tons of trouble. She was off heels. That cost her two length uh, down the back stretch. At the three-eighths pole, she also got shuffled. It cost her another two lengths. And then she galloped out way past everybody. Um, so, you know, t- queuing off that race, I think she has every right to win this race. Pipey brought her back at the, be- at the, um, the beginning of the year. Um, sh- she was, she lagged at the back. And then she made this run, and it doesn't say it in the comment line, but she was six or seven wide on the far turn, and that just killed her momentum. I don't think she was going to win, but it looked like a great prep race for me. Yeah, agreed. Um, Hector Berrios takes over. I think that's a rider upgrade. He's riding 23% on the turf right now and only 9% on the dirt. So he's clearly in a groove on the turf. Um, and and then, you know, the, the price of eight to one. I want to make this horse an A for sure. And then the other horse that I'll make an A is the six horse. Super impressive for McCarthy uh, off the seven month layoff to get this horse to go a mile and an eighth. And not only that, but she ran down a loose leader that was one to five. And she, she was in her best stride at the wire. I, I've, I've every reason to believe she's going to move forward again, second off the layoff, having that mile and an eighth race under her belt. She's got some tactical speed. And uh, I think, I think there's a strong case to be made for her to be really competitive right back. So I'm going to use the four pop pops dream and the six Chloe's clown as my A's. And then I'm going to do a bunch of spreading from there because for me, a lot of them are the same. I'm going to use, uh, the three, because I think she may be lone on the lead. I don't love three to one morning line. I don't think she'll be three to one morning line, but she is a use somewhere for me. And then I use the seven as a B barrister's ride. I was surprised that she was so low in the morning line, but there's a race. This is a horse that I've been, I've been chasing um, quite a few times. There are a few races back that make her a contender. And it looks like she might be rounding back to those. Um, there's a good horse somewhere in here. I loved her, her uh, maiden special weight win and her state bred allowance win. And she, she almost cleared this condition at the next on at the next uh, at this level in her next race. So I think there's a race in there somewhere where she can win this race. So Pete, I'm four six on the A line, three seven on the B line, and then 
I don't know what to do with the 10. I, I, can you help me out with the 10 here? What, what do we, what do you do with her? And Glossa, she, I believe she's cross entered too, to make matters even more confusing. It's so funny. I didn't grade her, but I have a note, which, what do we, what do we say with you? What do we do with her? Is it, because if, if she's not in here, I think that does really open up the chance that the three um, is loose. I it's feel loose, like yeah. if Anglossa is in here, I think she's got to go from out there. So it's, it's, it's extremely complicated, and I don't, and I don't really know. And I'm going to probably try to have my cake and eat it too. And what I mean by that is I'll probably play a set of tickets with very scary thinking that you know, under those perfect trip scenarios, I might play. I feel like if I'm glasses in here, that might bring implosion into play. I think yeah. in that instance, implosion could get the best trip just because mm -hmm. she's passed horses before. And I like the fact that she's got that tactical speed to get into position. But then I also really like, and I, and I only originally listed as a B, but the horse that you mentioned pop pops dream, because I think mm -hmm. when you plot this race in your head, if if you end up with a you know the, the, those two or three speed horses up top, maybe mm -hmm. Chloe's crown to attack on the turn. Mm -hmm. I love when you have a closer like Pop Pop Stream who's not going to be that far back. I mean, looking at Time Form US, this is the horse who's fifth, you know, rated early speed to the mm -hmm. pace call, and mm -hmm. and by far the best closer. So I mean, yep. that's the kind of thing I always pay attention to. So you know, I don't really know what to do with Anglossa. I think. I think Aglas is going to find it very hard to win this race, but I think her presence in this race radically changes it. So it's it's interesting. She's only five to two. I mean that that would be an underlay. I'm pretty sure, but I don't know what's your yeah, would, you, uh, yeah. would you have her I, in there as a backup, or or would I, you try I, to fade? I have a C. I have her as a C. And you know that last race, I, I thought she had every chance to win, and she just. You know, granted, she was coming off a bit of a layoff, but she just didn't finish, you know, and yeah. she hasn't really finished the race since uh, January or February of last year. Um, you know, so I, and, and from the 10 posts, I realize they're going to mile and eighth. I, I just don't know what to do with her. You know, we should note, Pete, that I printed these PPs off yesterday. And as of yesterday, the two and the eight were in. And now I think they're out. Timeform has them out yes. um, of the PPs. They're okay. early scratches. Okay, got it. Um, so I, I think I'm going to leave. I, I think I'm going to find myself leaving the 10 off. The only other horse that I would mention that you may want to throw in. Um, Scarabia, because she is 15 to 1 morning line, and she is coming out of the best races, uh, and she does have the rail and, mm -hmm. and a hot jock. So, you know, I, I could make a case for her at 15 to 1 to be used. I'll bet you Anaglossa is going to scratch because she's also cross-entered in the grade three Santa Ana going the mile and a quarter, and she looks absolutely okay. dead loose in there. So if I'm them, okay. I, I say, let's go for the gusto. And I think that is going to tilt the race more towards very scary an implosion than the closers. And if that's the case, I might just try to go three, nine, four and be done with it. But I'm gonna for now. I'm gonna list it as nine and four on the top line, and three and ten on the B line. But if the ten comes out, the three becomes an A. So if you're listening, you know, pay attention to that. 
I loved talking through these races with you. I know you got to go, so I won't keep you any longer, but we'll do it again soon when we have a bit more time. Apologies for the technical difficulties today, my friend, but appreciate you, and we'll be talking soon. Appreciate you, Pete. Thanks for having me on. I had a blast. Play the first Coast to Coast Pick 5 featuring a sequence from Gulfstream Park in Florida and Santa Anita in California every Saturday and Sunday. The minimum is $1, and it has a player-friendly 15% takeout. Players can bet on track or online, usually listed as a separate track in your ADW, C to C being my favorite listing. Just look for the Coast to Coast Pick 5. And if you play on First Bet or Express Bet, you can get a free $10 back on the Coast to Coast Pick 5 on select days to participate. Don't forget to register for the promotion. Get the Pick 5 sequence, extra analysis, and free past performances, plus more at www.inthemoneypodcast.com slash coast. Next up on the show, very happy to welcome in a first-time guest. And this man and I have been talking about races together at the Paddock Bar in Saratoga for, gosh, well, since the start of the Paddock Bar in Saratoga. So what's that, 13 years, 14 years? He is a devoted racing fan. He's been writing lately, giving spot plays over at InTheMoneyPodcast.com. A great guy, a sharp guy, my friend, Robbie Fazone. What's up, Fazone? Yes. Hello, Peter. Thanks for having me. <laughs> so, what is your what is your history? How how well, dialed are you? When did you when did you first become a racer? So, fan? probably like a bunch of people from up here, upstate New York. Grew up in Schenectady, 30, 35 minutes from Saratoga. So, started going there with my parents as a little kid. Um, my whole, you know, my grandparents, parents, everybody is into horses. Everybody's into <laughs> horse racing. So. You know, just going there and just falling in love with it like that. Like, again, like so many other people, I'm sure, from up here. And, uh, you know, my I, my grandmother's house on Sundays. Uh, I believe New York started racing on Sundays, uh, I want to say 73-ish. So the whole dynamic of, of dinner at grandma's house on <laughs> Sunday changed. Because that station did not leave OTB on Sunday. So we ate at one, two o'clock early, the big Italian dinner, and then it was just like OTB. And and if you luckily my aunt lived upstairs. So if you wanted to watch football, basketball, whatever season it was, you had to go upstairs. And the thing is, Pete, it's not like now. There was nothing in between. Right, you know the the lady or a man announcer would come on every forty minutes and give you the results of who won, but in between, there was nothing. It was just the screen, and it was elevator music they would play, and, <laughs> and then on top of it, you couldn't sit on the furniture because it was all wrapped in plastic. So you know. <laughs> you're you're painting quite the picture. I love yeah, it. So that you know, but but that's it. I mean, so just you know, and then. Uh, we, we, we would, our parents would just bring us and there were six of us, but so we didn't, they couldn't always bring us because, well, they were doing, my parents were doing the, the degenerate double header 50 <laughs> years before you and, and, and we were doing, are doing it. So, um, it was just, oh, yeah, I remember, I remember driving my, my father would go up route 50 <clears throat> and I remember seeing people like, I don't know, outside doing yard work. And I remember thinking, do these people realize what's going on with their missing? 
You know, don't they care that at all about that? You know, and a guy would think, well, thank God. Thank That's God brilliant. that my parents are, are uh, I guess, <laughs> degenerates. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> but anyways, it's, yeah. So that's just, and, you know, I just fell in love with it. And as I got out of all through school, high school, it was always just, you know, horses, horses, horses. Following on the weekends, especially. And, you know, that's pretty much it. No, it's, you, you, it, it's, it's, it's very clear. I love it. And yeah. the description of the Sunday dinner, the vowel at the end of last name, it proves once again, as far as in the money media goes, you don't have to be Italian American to work here, but it helps. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, one more question before we dive into these yeah. races. Yeah. When did, was there a line that you crossed between this is something fun that we do as a family and this is something where I love this intellectual challenge and, and maybe the chance to like make yeah, it. Yeah, so yeah, definitely. I mean, the, the first years it was just chasing <clears throat> jockeys around, autographs, goggles, you know, up till uh, we, we used to run around the tree because they used to saddle, they used to saddle out where the, the picnic tree. areas now, that, they, they used to saddle out there around the yep. trees. So we would run around and I would say about, you know, I think I probably made my first bet around 12 years old. Um, and, uh, you know, of course my mom put it in for me, whatever. And I remember what it was. It was state dinner, won the Whitney. And then I needed, uh, a Billy Turner horse, tell a secret to, to close out, which, you know, didn't happen. So the writing on the wall was probably right there to, but yeah. So high school after high school, I just became, cause I, right. I graduated high school in 84 and that's when they started with the simulcast. So you could go, we had, um, you know, if you went to an OTB parlor, you could watch the races. Uh, if you went and then uh, Saratoga, the harness track started doing simulcast. There was a teletheater. So that's where it really became once you could watch the races from up here live. And that's when it really started. So, you know, out of high school, 17, 18 years old, that's where it really got serious for me you know let's dive in and talk about this pick six on yeah. saturday so happy yeah. to have our friends at naira back in the fold with us and we kick things off with this three-year-old starter allowance we're going a mile on the dirt we got a field of seven robbie who did you like to start off this pick six okay well i want to start off by saying who i don't like okay and that's the favorite mama's gold Okay, I had on top, so we can. We okay, can okay. that's all good. Uh, but his race last Sunday in the starter line, I can't believe when they claimed this horse, the plan was, or when they entered him last, what was it, Sunday, to if we lose and we still have this condition, to let's run back in six days on Saturday in the mile. Right. I just fair. think that. It, it, it's a it's a going to turn out to be a not such a good claim. Um, this to me seems more desperation than intent, and I just I mean that was a tougher. I will say that starter allowance on Sunday was tougher than this one here, for sure. I think I don't think there's much doubt about that. But the mile, uh, yeah, that's question you know, mark. He could he could be the controlling speed, but I don't think. Reynolds horse, uh, the inside horse winning connection. I don't think 
he's going to let him get too far away. And I, you know, being on the inside, I think he's going to have to have to work. <laughs> so I don't see it. I just don't, I don't, I didn't, I didn't like it. I didn't like this horse the other day. And I, I don't know. It just, it just feels to me like desperation. I don't, and, I don't just necessarily disagree with any of that. For me, it was just, I'm being a bit of a figure monkey just based on how big yeah. that run yeah. was two back. And you also made the note. I mean, it is a, I'd say it's a much weaker group and that horse, you know, off the claim, at least that was a fast pace. And I was just thinking that, uh, that he'd be loose. I don't love the horse, but where did you land yeah. instead? I, I wasn't going to stand alone with mama's gold. I just right. thought I needed to be on the right. Well, well, so for me, the, the two inside horses, I really liked Arobato's last race. Um, now didn't beat much of anything, but I, I liked how he broke. He did. He, he he broke sharp. He was there. He he, he was there. In other words, he, he he listened to the rider. The rider took him back. He didn't. You know, with no no resistance. Nice. And and then going into the turn, he used him a little bit to get to to clear the uh, horse that was trying to creep up on the inside. He he used uh, Arabato a little bit to cross over, clear. Then resettled again, and then came. You know, got out for the stretch ride run and just kicked away and uh you know Peros the the first start Peros isn't an awful horse I know I know he got demolished by almost 14 lengths but Peros ran respectable in that starter allowance uh, that we were talking about on Sunday ran a ran a respectable third in there uh so I liked Arabato's race you know at the distance and uh again I know he didn't but he but he did it easy I like the way he did it and yeah, Chatter Paul's horses are actually running well which yep. Hasn't been the case for years, but um, so I, I could I could see Arabato running back and running big, winning connection. I think as a player, um, especially if let's say Mama's Gold scratches, let's say they end up not running back in the six days, then winning connection I think becomes the clear pace. Could center. be loose, yeah, yeah. If that's that's the case, um, so yeah, and even and like I said, even with Mama's Gold in there. I, I winning connection, I don't think is going to let him get too far away. And uh, so he should be to, to at least keep the pace honest. And two, like and, I said, two, and, one to start things, two and one to start things off for you. Uh, I'll yeah. mention one other runner. The three at Darrow, I thought had some interesting angles proven going longer. And while I thought was probably with the flow of things at parks last time, that's a crazy live race. I was digging into it. Mm. Not only three next out winners, but five of the six who've come back to run from that race has, have improved figure-wise. So I just think that might be, you know, it looks like a decent race on paper, yeah. but this horse might be ready to step yeah. up and, and take the yeah. next level. I, I, I would just say that for, for me, I'm always a little bit reluctant with the parks horses, especially that sure. are coming off. I, I just feel like their, their, their form doesn't translate well when they come here for the most part, of course, there's, you know, exceptions, of course, but you bring out that those are very good points about him for sure. Let's move on to uh, the sixth race here where we've got $14,000 claimers. We're going six and a half on the dirt. I'll kick this one off and I'm hoping you're creative in here. Cause I, I was having, I was having trouble getting yeah. beyond the three favorites. Dr. Love yeah. is a horse whose act is getting a little tired, but I think you can argue the horses run better than it looked in all three starts for the new barn. And just looking at pace figures, I think the cutback's going to be ideal. This is a horse that's, you know, run 
well and gotten a little tired late a bunch of times. So I, I think this distance is going to suit. And then the other sort of boring one after five, the seven runner, big run here on dirt two back, given the trip, I thought, and uh, shipping back up off that off the turf synth try in Florida just fits super well on numbers. The horse, the, the, the horse that I, I might mess around with even a little bit more. I listed third, but you can make a case that joke Meister is going to be loose in this spot. Yeah. Um, if it could be like the race two back. And if the track has been carrying speed through the first four races, I might elevate this one to the top pick in this spot. So nothing clever for me. One, seven and three. How about you? Where are you in? Race yeah, I, I, I'm pretty much uh, along the same lines. Um, now you, uh, rain, right? Rain all night tonight down there and into tomorrow. It's supposed to rain. You yeah. know, I'm, I'm ever the optimist. I'm hoping it's not going to be as bad as what they're saying, but pulling yeah. it up, uh, just pulling it up right now. It's not raining yet, but it yeah. doesn't look, uh, it doesn't look great for us. Yeah. I thought, yeah, I thought I, I, I saw rain pretty much all night and into tomorrow. Well, yeah, Dr. Love, um, I think is, is, is in a good spot here where, He's uh, the cutback is is good. The four, you know, dropping down to fourteen thousand is still not one of the three lifetime. But you know, they claimed them for twenty five. They got some checks, the three three times, third couple of fourths. I just think it's you know realize now what it is. Drop them in here. I mean, if he wins, you're looking at what six almost seventeen thousand in purse money. Fourteen. I th- I believe he. He's a prime candidate to get claimed. He still has a starter condition. So, you know, horse like this dropping to, to 14, to me, I mean, he, he'll be claimed. So, you know, you get, you're looking at the purse of 14,000. So Dr. Love for sure, um, you know, but not with great conviction, like you said. Uh, after five, another one there that's, um, you know, I mean, dropping, but. I, I can't, I can't be real confident in him or, or anything in this race. And I, you know, Bond's horse Brunate is, ah, you know, he's got something back in the summertime, a, a, a race, a couple races. He looks like he's been consistent, staying around the same figures. And, you know, if he bumps up a little bit, anything to, to wear his best, I suppose he could be there. So again, not a lot of conviction there for me, but uh, one, seven, little two. Yeah. Some numbers to play around with. We move to race seven, fillies and mares, four and up, starter allowance, six furlongs on the dirt. Robbie, we'll keep it with you. Okay. Uh, so this captivating Kara. Okay. I, I, I think they should realize by now this horse has to be involved early. I mean. Her best races, she's involved. When she doesn't get involved early, she doesn't run. Uh, can't sell. He rode her last time. New barn upgrade. Nothing against Mitch Friedman, but upgrade and trainer here off the claim. Uh, so I think she's got. And now there is other speed in there, but I, yeah, I think there's got to be intent to, especially from the rail, to to get her involved early on. Um, so I think that that makes her as long as they stick to those tact- tactics, I think she'll be in the mix right from the start. And then uh, Charlie Rude, right? Charlie Rude 
can't can't really uh, knock her two dirt races. She runs she runs the race she uh, broke her maiden at Churchill in November. I mean, she may crush this field if she runs that race. Uh, the the uh, race here, the starter race, not terrible. I mean. You know, St. Arrow's girl, I believe, went uh, went to Laurel and uh, won a state bred race down in Laurel, or, or ran well. Mia Bia Star is in, in very good form, was third in that race. So, you know, I'm throwing out the 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 all weather, the synthetic race at Turfway. So Charlie Rude, and uh, you know, Bella Prin- Principessa is uh, she's got some back races that would be good enough. And if the pace gets hot. You know, her, 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 they're off tracks here at Aqueduct, over Aqueduct, two of her better races. So if she's ready off the layoff, uh, I could see her putting in a run and maybe being a factor here. So uh, what is it? one, three, two. One, three, two for Robbie. I'm going with the pace angle here that it's there's going to be so much speed, it's going to set up for off the pace runners. And that's why I, I'm definitely with you on Bella Principessa. Cupid's Girl is the one I actually ended up uh, landing on top. Comes out of just a really bad situation, I thought, when that was a race that played to, uh, that was a slow pace. This horse was far back off and, and, and raided and maybe also guided to what wasn't the right part of the track. Now, I think there's a ton of pace in here and gets the switch to Carmouche, who, you know, rides the big A so well. <laughs> like so many of these Bit of a nibbler, one for 14 lifetime, but maybe yeah. Cupid's girl can get that elusive second win. You made the case about Bella Principessa and the strong dirt form from a while back, and this is a barn that does very well with layoffs. I might, of the speed horses, I went in a little different direction than you. I, I was going to maybe take a try with this uh, JD Advantage horse as a backup. Could be overmatched first time against winners, but has, I thought, the fastest early pace figs, and the Barrow horses have been running okay. So another one I wanted to include. So we're together on the two, and then have a couple different ideas. I'm seven, two, six, Robbie, one, three, and two in race number seven, which brings us to race number eight, where we've got an allowance race going a mile on the dirt, and... This is one where I kept trying to figure out who the best speed was going to be between majority partner and patient capital. And I think I'm just going to play them both uh, because it could be the kind of thing where they back it down enough to turn it into a match race. I suppose a slight preference to patient capital just out of deference to Maker and Franco and on the idea that uh, maybe a little bit better in this spot to be the, the slightly the hunter than the the hunted um, if it's the typical way this track has been playing where the inside isn't absolutely great. And then I had a little bit of a case um, against, I might still use Celestial Moon in some capacity in case they go too fast, but I did note that from that last race of Celestial Moons, eight horses have run back and all eight saw their figures fall in some cases significantly. So I'm just not buying that 90 speed figure. It's uh, probably more like an 85 to me, a, a little bit lower, bringing some of these others into contention. So I'm, I'm mostly about the two and the seven in race number eight, but I'm very curious to hear how you see it. Yeah. Uh, probably, you know, competitive, most competitive race possibly on the card. Um, so for me, I do agree. Majority partner is the one horse that could, pressure patient capital um 
I'm not really concerned about the stretch out for majority partner. And I'm not a big weight guy, but you know, seven pounds for the first time stretching out. Yeah. Dropping seven pounds off the win. Horse has been in great form since Linda Rice has claimed him uh, last during Saratoga. So majority partner as far as a, a, a user, but uh, reserve currency. I, I, you know, I liked his race. I, I know it's, you know, I don't know the horse. I obviously had some physical problems, but I think he could improve off there. He can't, he, he ran right up and in, in, on the turn. He, I mean, if he, if he didn't get a clear to inside out so smoothly, I mean, he was probably going to run up right up the heels of the horses in front of him. He got to them that quickly. So he, and then he did kind of lugged in just a little bit in the stretch. He was a little, little bit late changing leads. Not, I mean, just outside the eighth pole, but once he did, he was straight strong and he just took off. So I, I think there's still some room for improvement off that race. And to me, there's, there's upside here. You know, the, the rest of them kind of what you see is what you get patient capital I mean, he had a, he had a pretty easy lead. Not so easy. He was moving at a decent clip, but he was alone, which might not be the case tomorrow. And that race kind of just collapsed, which is why I'm not really uh, shipsational, who, who did take a step back in the right direction. Highly thought of at this time last year. Um, so maybe, but I don't know. For me, reserve currency, celestial moon, I'm not as dubious as you about the the race. Um, I kind of liked it and am coming back. He's interesting. And majority partner, I think, can definitely uh, make some noise here. So 4-1-2. Uh, 4-1-2 are the main, uh, the main numbers for yes. you. But it sounds like you wouldn't hate the idea of spreading a little bit more um, if if budget allows. Yeah, I mean, you know, Looney, Seema, uh, there's some even um, uh, 6%. I mean, there's some, yeah, this is this is not an easy race. I'm just, I'm just thinking that, like I said, you, what, what you're seeing is what you get. I think the four and the one still have some upside that maybe you haven't seen the best of them yet, even with the 90 on, on Celestial Moon. Uh, and I definitely, I definitely think there's there there's a at least a little bit of room for for reserve currency to improve. Our and with feature, that, I think I think he would be I think he would be tough in here with any further improvement. So, yeah, makes sense. Race number nine is the correction stakes. Phillies and mares four and up. We're going six furlongs on the dirt. We've got a field of eight. Robbie, who's your idea of the winner? Well, again, competitive race. You know, you have, uh, you you actually have two, only two stakes winners in here. Uh, Prodigy Dow won a restricted three-year-old Philly race in Ohio as a three-year-old. And Secret Love won the Franklin Square a restricted uh, state-bred three-year-old Philly race. So those two there um, are the two. I mean, uh, uh, easy to bless. I do not count the, the extra heat is, is uh claiming crown day which those that race that particular race is for uh if you ran for 25 or cheaper claimer you could so it's a glorified claiming race and she was she was good in it and i give her i give her a chance on her best in here 
But secret love. Uh, inside opened up on the turn, and, and Dylan Davis took took that opportunity, which I didn't blame him. And he went through. So a little early move there, going seven, six today. I think she's coming around to to one of her t- uh, top better races. Um, so it's, to me, secret love, a little bit more of a comfortable trip out there, outside. Uh, so I could see secret love running big. Prodigy Dow, I like the race two back. Um, the trouble there on the, in the line, there was really no trouble. Maybe, maybe she was a little uncomfortable. She got surrounded by horses and she just never really... Uh, but I would like to ask you, when did Maryland become Florida? Because I see a turf, I see a turf work in Maryland on March third. I mean, it's Fair Hill, so yeah. maybe it's some called-in thing, and it's not like a proper. You know, they have all kinds of different, all right, kinds of right. different gallops there. Right, right. Yeah, I just thought that was interesting on yeah, March March third in Maryland. I was like, "Oh, geez, Maryland is." Yeah, you know, I mean, it's also possible well, it's some kind of misprint, and it was it was on. Yeah, something. yeah. But regardless, um, I think she could come running, and uh, with a little bit, like I said, I'm not going to by no means call that a, a, a bad trip last time in the Barbara Fritchie. But that's interesting because like I, I, I did. I just thought she never looked comfortable. You know, yeah, it, was, yes. it, was, it wasn't. Yes. It wasn't about like some major incident. It was right. more about just being yeah. in uncomfortable spots. So, right, surrounded by horses and yeah. just never. And then uh, Rose, uh, Rosa Veloce. Uh, you know, great form. I mean, this this is a little tougher. Not that this is any world beaters in here, but you know, I I, I think it's interesting be, between her two best career races, uh, the uh, three back in November and then last race, sandwiched in between there is a ah so so on New Year's Eve, and that was a day she broke from the rail like she is tomorrow. That's so. I could see, you know, if she's under a little pressure inside there, uh, maybe not running back to one of those better races. And then I think she becomes vulnerable. So for me, Secret Love, Prodigy Doll, I would I would not throw Rosa Veloci out just because, I mean, she's in great form and, you know, I, I, I wouldn't be comfortable leaving her completely out. And And, you know, easy to bless is... Like I said, on her best day, she could be there. Seven so, three one five. It sounds yeah. like. Yes. I put Rosa Veloce on top. I just again just pace angle to me. Looking yeah. at pace figures, if she does break well from there, she might be able to not be sort of pressed down on the rail. The trip you seem to be fearing she's going to get, but might just be able to clear. And if she does, I think they're going to have trouble beating her. But I do also really like prodigy doll um again just wasn't i didn't think that run was comfortable last time and if veloce doesn't bring her a game i think she just fits like a glove and then i'd all i also had listed your uh your seven runner secret love as a backup so we're yeah, very I, much i just, just want to say that also what, what, what i left out was that now i'm hopeful that uh linda rice fuete fuete reverts back to speed tactics. Right. Um, and, and maybe that will keep Rosa Veloce maybe, you know, under pressure inside. Uh, I don't know why the last two races they didn't. Again, another horse that it seems clear to me that has to be involved 
early to run her best races, even though that, that win was phony to me. I mean, the three horse field where she won her last win. I mean, it was a three horse field and piece yeah, of very slow pace. Yeah. Mosienko, either one of those had, had speed. So it was kind of, so not that I like her, but from a pace factor, Carmouche getting back aboard. He's aggressive. I, yes. I'm thinking that the plan has got to be to fire out of there a little bit. And uh, maybe that keeps Rosa Veloce a little bit uncomfortable where she's got to, you know, be used from the inside. And maybe then she doesn't run her best race. But Let's move to our nightcap, my friend. We've got a three and up New York bred maiden claimers at the $25,000 level. We're going six and a half on the dirt. How are we going to close this thing out? Well, for me, okay, uh, uh, obviously a, a, an ability challenge field here. And, um, you know, Macar changes leads, doesn't change leads, change leads last uh, time. Um, no, he didn't. He, he, he didn't. He did. He didn't. So maybe tomorrow he does. And I still don't think he'll win. So <laughs> I was going to say, to yeah, it's not going to matter. Helicopter money is interesting. Um, he ran, he, he chased the uh, East coast girl who, who that day, the track was uh, pretty strong for, for inside and, and East coast girl for just sure. made the lead and East coast girl ran, came back and run it, ran a n- nice race. Um, in that aforementioned uh, starter we talked about with mama's gold, uh, he uh, he gave um, Toxic Gray all he could handle, so um, no shame there. I mean, you know, he got tired chasing, and uh, so I would definitely say helicopter money. Interesting horse to me, and I'm gonna try. I'm gonna treat him as a first time starter. Is is Rudy's horse on the outside? Uh, he hit the gate coming out. You know, hit, hit his right hip pretty good coming out of there. Ran for maybe. You know, tried to chase outside there for maybe a quarter mile and then just essentially eased. So, layoff, new gelding. I'm treating him as that race never happened. And, uh, you know, this race here, breaking outside, I could see him being forward out of the gate. And I would not leave this horse off at a big price. I think he's a dangerous horse. Uh, the speed of the race to me is going to be um, Little Luca. I think little Luca should make the lead, which in this race here is obviously going to be dangerous. But um, for me, you know what? I'm going to say 11, 3, and 6. Interesting case and, on the 11. Big price and first time gelding. And, you know, Rudy certainly. Yeah. Um, and then, like I said, I'm kind of yeah. treating that like that that race. And, and you know, I, I guess – the inside horse too, first time starter. Uh, you know, maybe you might not want to just because of the circuit. I mean, the race is again ability challenged. I don't like saying Pete. I don't like saying bad horses. Right, right. <laughs> I don't like because they try. I'm, I'm, I'm much yeah. more comfortable. I, I'm much rather badmouth the humans than than. than <laughs> but uh, yeah, so he's you know Harky. I, I mean Harky's improved. Harky has improved, you know, he's come a long way in, in, in the past couple of years. Um, and I, I believe he, he'll be going to Finger Lakes when they, they open in uh, next month. And I think he'll do good there. But yeah. so I don't know, uh, maybe you might want to throw him in there. I mean, I don't have him in my three, but just as a little bit of a yeah, backup for those. Well, playing yeah, for obvious reasons. You know. 
Sometimes it's the stranger you want in these spots, especially when yeah. you've got, you know, 0 for 14 types. Exactly. Being yeah. I put, I put little Luca on top off the speed angle, very similar to what you were saying, you know, dropping, adding Lasix, all that. But there was another one that I meant that, that I wanted in here, sort of similar to a horse we were talking about before in terms of the last trip wasn't like a horrible trip, but it was just so uncomfortable. And that's uh, number 10 central love. This horse was bet to even money. Couldn't get the lead. The jock grab trying to rate, which they had had really no other choice at that point. But even then, ended up in between horses in another weird spot and was absolutely done around the turn. That Cam Duke just freaked in there. If you look past that race, you got two nice races and a horse I thought could step up second time off the layoff. So I was going to try to get out six and ten. I'm going to definitely take another look at your uh, eleven and three in this spot. Robbie, really appreciate you coming on today. Appreciate the work you've been doing over at InTheMoneyPodcast.com. Folks can go there and uh, and check that out. We're going to be linking out to you from the Naira.com website as well. You're going to be subbing also for Nick Tamaro on Sunday doing the full-scale analysis. Anybody can hear you talk about this stuff for five minutes and hear your depth of knowledge of the form and your passion for the game. So happy to have you on the ITM team. Yeah, great. It's great to be here. I, I appreciate you having me. And, um, yeah, I look forward moving forward as the, the racing gets better and turf racing coming. So, yeah. Yeah, your right. approach, I think, in particular, I mean, you obviously, I think you're terrific on the dirt, but I, I do feel like the form, that form-based approach that you have is, is even more important when it comes to the turf and finding some long shots on there. Would you agree with yeah. that? Is that? You consider that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, turf, turf just lends itself to, to better, just, just field size alone, right? I mean, it could be more you know, creative. Just, yeah, the opportunity. Yes, absolutely. You know, absolutely. You just the, the the trips, you know, because I'm I'm a big believer, and you 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 have to watch, you yeah. have to watch. You you know, if, if the racing form is the box score, so to speak. I mean, you know, it, it's a it's a low percentage game to begin with, right? It's like baseball, right? If you're if you're saying, well, wow, Bryce Harper, he's stinking up the joint. He's batting a hundred one ninety eight. But if you're watching the games. And you see, you know, the guy hitting the ball on the nose is just not finding the holes, you know. So then, then the 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 one ninety eight takes a whole different look if you're watching the games. But if you're just watching the box score, see zero for four, zero for four, zero for four. <laughs> My whole point is with trainers or a job, you know, it, it's it's different. Guys, one for seventeen in a specific category or on the meet. If you're watching. And you say, you know, but he could have easily had two more winners. Yep. Now that 5%, one for 17, now is 18%, three for 17, which is very respectable in this game. So, you know, you have to watch. And I think with turf racing is, with turf racing, you really could find some trips and uh, you could come up with some really good ones. Great stuff, Robbie. We'll have you back on soon and wish you uh, Godspeed this weekend. And we envy yeah. your, your Sunday supper already. Yeah. And thanks again, buddy. And I'll talk to you soon. Cheers, my friend. Okay.
We have one more segment on the show, and we'll get to it right after this. We're thrilled to be partnered with Qatar Racing. Qatar Racing is a subsidiary of Kipco, the largest sponsor in British flat racing. As a global racing and breeding operation, Qatar Racing Chairman Sheikh Fahad bin Abdullah Al Thani has created an expansive international sponsorship portfolio to include the Breeders' Cup and events like the Pegasus World Cup Turf. Qatar Racing has over 100 horses in training, many mares and foals yearlings, and four top-class stallions, Kamiko, Zustar, Havana Gold, and Lightning Spear. Don't miss out on the great Qatar Racing action, and you can learn more at www.inthemoneypodcast.com slash Qatar. Last but not least, we bring in our friend, the First Lady of the In the Money Players podcast from the Thoroughbred Retirement Foundation. Kim Weir. Kim, what's up? Hey there, Pete. Uh, happy Friday. Fun to sneak in on the late the late week show today. Thanks for having me. Well, we got a bunch of things to talk about that I know our listeners are going to be interested in. And let's start off with a topic we don't often get to on these shows unless it's Matt Bernier talking about an upcoming wager. And what I mean by that is we're talking about golf. What, <laughs> what can you tell us about what's happening with the, the TRF and golf coming up? Yeah, it's a little bit of a twist for us. And thanks to some awesome volunteers who are leading this charge, we are hosting a charity golf att- event. It's called the Tee Off for the Thoroughbreds on April 18th in Prospect, Kentucky. So that's an outskirts of Louisville. And so, yeah, for those handicapping golfers out there, we have something for you. It is on April 18th. Um, registrations are kind of flying out the door at this point. We've got, I think we have like five foursomes left. Um, we'd love to have any golfers join us on the links with the likes of uh, Dale and Tammy Romans, our friend Sean Tugel, Matt Hegarty, my very own hubby, Bobby Weir. So some handicappers <laughs> on the links, and I'd love to have your nice. listeners join us. Oh, that's fantastic. What's the best place to get more information to sign up? Is it going to be set up through the uh, the typical trfinc.org slash players page, or is there a better place to go? Yes, it will be there very shortly. Um, and if you just don't have the patience to find it there, go just to our website and you'll see it in the events tab, but you can find it both events places. Tab, trfinc.org in the events tab, and that'll be on our page coming very soon. Yep. We have an update on some Old Smoke collaborations. Of course, we have a ton of stuff going on with Old Smoke. We need some more T-shirts. We do have a few there remaining, um, including the collab we did in the past, the I won and so did they, that comes with a baked-in donation to the TRF. But it sounds like you've got some new gear coming. Yeah, we love we love that team at Old Smoke. Kurt and his team put together a few new, a new looks for us, and they're all in celebration of our 40th anniversary. So this we can call this a limited edition uh, hoodie or t-shirt because we're only using this special uh, red logo for this year. It's our Ruby anniversary, and that's the tie-in. That can be your inside baseball factoid. That, um, I like that. Um, but those are all up and running and ready to be purchased, and they are right next to the I one, and so did they t-shirt. So you could get a t-shirt and a hoodie and feel really good about your new wardrobe. That's very cool. We've got a pretty link to that one, I believe. In the moneypodcast.com slash old smoke should get you there. Or you just go to oldsmokeclothing.com, browse the JK collection while you're there, but make sure you, you take a look at these new shirts. And I, I think I need to be sporting one. I think I can sell a few on our video uh, broadcast. So we'll yeah, we'll 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 sort that out good. off air. Another one that I get to be more intimately involved in. I'm so happy with the creativity you've showed that that will accommodate my schedule and allow me to do a couple of different events with you guys. Derby week at Chestnut Hall, which is what, about 20, 30 minutes from Churchill and within an hour or so of Lexington, if I'm remembering it 
right. Yep. Um, I'll let you, I'll let you tee it up and then I'll, I'll fill in the color. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, we are so grateful for you doing this because we know your schedule is a little bit crazy um, during a derby week, but this is indeed um, two events at Chestnut Hall. One will be a tour of the farm at Chestnut Hall and the horses followed by a little handicapping with none other than the famous PTF. Um, you can tell the, it, with, with the listeners what you're going to go over. That'll be a morning event. And then the other one is, of course, putting you in your element with bourbon. Um, and it will be an afternoon tour. You get to see the farm. You get to meet the horses and get your photos. And then you get to sit on this beautiful porch, sip a few of our friend Pete's favorite whiskeys. So those are totally live on the um, uh, visit horse country website because they promote those for us too so um, but their book you book them through horse country all the proceeds come to us uh, and they will absolutely positively be at the top of your page pete by the time i have a bite of lunch so <laughs> well, that's perfect so so by the time th- this show will not drop actually until early this afternoon so they'll be up yeah. when this show drops the way the recording schedule works this week so trfinc.org slash players for that the handicapping piece of both of these i'm going to read the room right like the only thing i know i'm going to do is we'll talk oaks and derby but if you're a loyal listener and you turn up to this i'm going to make sure that's going to be the the like scheduled part of the presentation is going to be brief so we can get to much more q a direct interaction i mean this will be a chance i'll have all the work done at this point you can download as, as much or as little of my brain as you want and then we can spend the rest of the time focusing on you know sipping coffee slash bloody mary if it's the early yep. morning one yep. or you know the whiskey we haven't exactly figured out what we're going to have, but we're going to have some good bottles and we can talk whiskey and whiskey tasting as well. Um, how to build your collection, whatever you want, really, we're going to guide this to the people who turn up. But one thing I can tell you for sure, it's a beautiful place. It's a great cause. And we're going to have a lot of fun. I can't remember, Kim, are you going to be able to be there for one or both or what is your derby? I'm and also eligible. Consider me that I'm, uh, okay. I'm, I'm definitely, <laughs> I've got the date circled. You know, I love being down there that week and I just haven't quite pulled the trigger, but um, you know, could, could, could be showing up and um, joining you, if, especially for the bourbon, you know, that's what I'll be coming for. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to add you as a selling point, but oh. we've got it covered. If, if life, call, you know, the horses have a lot of things going on and you can't always be at all these fun things that we, uh, that, that we, put that we put together speaking of oaks and derby i did want to talk to you once again this year we successfully did this last year and we're 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 revamping it with this derby ticket auction what if people need to know? Yeah, these we're going to go ahead and launch them uh, next weekend, Florida Derby weekend. So be, be, be staying tuned to the players page and all of your social channels. And we the cool thing is this year we have six tickets to the Oaks and then six tickets to the Derby. We're going to list them separately for folks who, you know, we're not. You, know, you can go to one day or the other day. And it is six tickets each day. And they are those completely all inclusive um, tickets with the food and drink included. And we have the section that they're in. All of this stuff is coming and they are being graciously donated to us by our friends at Churchill Down so that we can raise some Great. good money for our herd. And we would love for some friends, friends of the, of the, uh, in the money friends to be in those seats. Um, so you'll have all that. We will undoubtedly darken your door to talk about it again closer, but it's next weekend. It's a yeah. um, Florida Derby weekend. We'll launch it probably yeah. on Saturday. You're confusing me about time, okay. Kim, because Florida Derby is not until the beginning of April. Okay. Is it, is it, and you have, I have here in a note that it launches for one. Well, okay. Is it, is yeah. that right? Or is it launching before that next weekend, which would be the, the 17th of March? 
Um, do you want to choose? I think. <laughs> Isn't it the earlier the better? I think the earlier the better too. Let's say this coming. Let's uh, do it. Let's tomorrow. do it next weekend. A St. Patrick's Day, yes. a St. Patrick's yes. Day treat. Yes. And maybe we'll have it. You know, we'll wrap it up by uh yes. by 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 you know the the end of the prep races or something. Okay. A production meeting in the middle of the show. You know how we love. To I have love those. that, and I love having you pick. Okay, the eighteenth at the thing. It's a it's a St. Patty's Day theme. We're doing it. That's what's there, happening. There you go. I love it. And yeah, we had a great uh, the 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 winner last year had a terrific experience and and i'm sure it's going to be more of same i'm going to be around for that uh, for sure still trying to figure out i'm trying to get the family down this year we're going to have extra stuff derby week we've got lexington we're going to do our traditional final answer show in lexington on the wednesday mm. sneak preview sounds like we're going to be do, doing something on the golf at the golf house in louisville on the thursday don't have all the details worked out, but you know, if you are looking to come down for the Derby, this is uh, th- th- this is going to be a great year to do it, and we're going to have a lot of uh, representation throughout. And the chance this is a way to do it and get great tickets and help out a fantastic cause as well. Tax deductible, I, I presume. Absolutely, Kim? yep, indeed. Yes, yeah. so Benny. So that's another another big way to win. So yeah, look very much looking forward to it and we'll have you back, you know, as soon as possible. Maybe when that link is live yep. that, that following Monday, um, uh, we, we, from now we'll, we'll have you back on to, to plug it again and to let people know everything going on. Again, you can find all the details for all these great events over at the TRF website or many of them, if not all of them through our player page link, trfinc.org slash players. Thank you, Kim. Appreciate you coming on here today and uh, letting us know what's up. Any uh, final thoughts? No, it's just a great time of year. Everybody's so excited. Racing is on everyone's mind. And I can't wait to see you in cross paths in person, my friend. Thanks for having me. It's going to be great. Kim, we'll thank you one more time. We'll thank the other guests on today's show, Robbie Fazone and Justin Christine as well. Founding partners, TRF. We talked all about them. How about 10 Strike Racing? You know how all around here... We love to root for the purple and black, big supporters of the TRF as well. Most of all, though, want to thank all of you, the listeners and the viewers. Encourage you to check out our YouTube channel, rate, review, and subscribe there wherever you get your podcasts um, as well. And better yet, tell a friend. You know, if you've got that uh, racing person in your life, you like our content, send some more people our way. We really appreciate it. Word of mouth, just a great way to help us out if you're looking to do that. This show has been a production of In The Money Media. Our business manager is Breeders' Cup Betting Challenge champion, competing out at the NHC right now, Drew Coatney. Our chief creative officer is Jonathan Kinchin. I'm Peter Thomas Fornital. May you win all your photos!